present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. As a medical man, I'd always been a great believer in looking to nature for the secret of health. A balanced diet with everything in moderation. Gentle and regular exercise and plenty of sound sleep. But of course, we all tend to become self-indulgent from time to time. When that happens, I resort to more drastic means. Holmes and I sweated it out in the steam room for a good 20 minutes to half an hour. Uh, had enough, Watson? Yes, yes, I think so. Uh, uh, this is going to lose me pounds in weight. Uh, well, it'll all go back on again quite soon. It's purely water weight. Come on, then. Let's have a shower in the next room and then a good massage. I don't want to spend all day in here. Right. Oh, where's my towel? <coughs> right. Come on. Yeah, this will turn us up. Feel like new men after this. It's interesting to contrast the effects of heat and cold upon the human body. I suppose this would be quite the wrong thing for a man who was ill to do. Yes, well, it depends upon the illness. His heart was weak. Yes, I suppose so. Well, here goes. Oh. 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 Two or three minutes of this will be enough. Uh, rub down with enough towel and... Twenty minutes of heavy massage. I think you have a sheet of masochism in your nature, Boston, but well, I'll take your word for it. Uh, uh, oh, yes. yes, that's better. Feel fitter already. Oh, gracious, Holmes, what's that? Regularly, and I shall continue to do so. And no stupid, mad old inventor is going to. Good morning, me. you Ashby. I can't tolerate your persecution much longer. I don't want to persecute you. I want to ignore you. I find you interfering in any way. I. I do what? Think a weak, feeble old fool like you can scare I'll me? I'll find a way to make you pay for this. I'll, I'll kill you if you get the chance. It would be quite simple for me to put you out of your misery first. Why, oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, please. There are other people in here. This is a respectable establishment. We can't allow personal quarrels to take place within these walls. Uh, now, kindly dress and leave here as soon as possible. Very well. But I warn you, Kenyon, I won't tolerate much more of this. You'd better put yourself together and be more reasonable. You'll regret it. And you'd better mend your ways and above all, stay away from my daughter. Come, Oaf. No good loafer. Only after her money, I know that. Now, that's enough, sir. I must ask you to leave. There are other clients waiting. Have that way out, please. Ah, good morning, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson. I'll be with you in a moment. Watson? Did you say Watson? Yes, a strange morning we are, meeting all the odd types in here. Remember me, Watson? Rex Kenyon, research department at Battersea Institution. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Of course I do, some years ago. I'd never have known you. You've changed so considerably. Oh, Lost a bit of hair and slimmed down. <laughs> on the other hand, you look portly and prosperous. Suppose you quacks always win, huh? Come out on top. The only people who can bury their mistakes, huh? <laughs> well, I can't waste more time in here. I'll be back next week. I'll leave your tip at the office. Goodbye, Watson. 
was an extremely unpleasant man. Yes, he always was, if I remember. Just make yourself comfortable on the massage table, gentlemen. You first, Dr. Wilson. Just relax, Mr. Holmes. Sleep, if you like. I should think sleeping in here is almost impossible. Oh, I don't know. Some people do. Back and shoulders first, Doctor. Hmm. Who was that man, Watson? Rex Kenyon, did he say? Oh, yes, that's right. I met him some while ago. I was doing some research at the same institute. He used to be a very clever scientist. Turned his attention to many inventions. Patents for dozens of things, from steam pumps to vacuum flasks. Vacuum flasks? Yes, Small portable flasks for carrying hot drinks. Doesn't seem to have caught on. Or perhaps he can't find a firm to mass produce them. He uses one himself. Brings in cold water to drink. I think it's largely laced with brandy. Rex Kenyon's a very complex man. Terrible temper, you must have heard. Who was the man he was arguing with? Young John Ashby. Another one with a foul temper. Apparently Ashby's keen on Kenyon's daughter. Causing untold trouble. They come here and raise Cain. No wonder you were like. Oh, I have complained. And they've been warned that it's got to stop. We tried to persuade them to make different appointments, but each claims he was first in booking these hours. Oh, very trying. Hmm. Well, I must say, I'm shocked at Kenyon's appearance. It looks dreadfully ill to me. Oh, uh, uh, can you concentrate on my right shoulder? I think I've had such a fright of sight as that. Uh, yes, that's it. Yes, a bit of a knot here. Just under that old wall. I suppose the incident with Rex Kenyon would have been totally forgotten if we hadn't had a visitor a couple of days later. I came home in the afternoon to find Mrs. Hudson had just announced a young lady. Ah, Watson, back just the right time. This is Miss Vera Kenyon. She's come to see you and not me. Uh, shall I leave you? Oh, please. Uh, please, Mr. Holmes, please don't I? Uh, the fact is, I, I would welcome your advice. Oh, what's it all about? Oh, do be seated. I assure you that we shall both help you if we can. Well, my father is Rex Kenyon. I believe you were acquainted with him some time ago. And you met at the Raynor Steam Bars the other day. Yes, that's right. And I must say I'm surprised that he mentioned the fact to you. Well, it just came up when you were talking of ways of keeping healthy. And that is really why I've come to you, Dr. Watson. I'm quite convinced my father is very, very ill. He's a brilliant man, as you must know. He's been deteriorating in health quite rapidly. And it's affecting his whole personality. He will not go to a doctor. He hasn't his faith at all in the medical profession. I'm worried to death about him. Yes, well, how do you think I can help? Well, you are the only doctor he even knows. Can you not call at our house, quite, quite socially, and persuade him to let you examine him, advise him? If I thought it would succeed, I'd agree immediately. But it's quite clear that your father would not allow me to even talk about his health. You'd never consent to taking my advice. And it only caused an ugly scene. I imagine you find it difficult enough as it is. It's becoming intolerable. I have no life of my own. Recently, I became engaged to a young man, John Ashby. I was forced to break off the engagement when father behaved like a madman, ranting and screaming and threatening to cut me off without a penny. I'm afraid John also has a bad temper. Between the two of them... I'm at my wit's end. I'm sorry, I really don't think I can help at all. What do you advise, Holmes? I should think a change of scenery for all concerned would be the best plan. Can you not persuade your father to take a short vacation, get away into the country, even for a few weeks? I have suggested this many times. He'll not hear of it. All he wishes to do is spend most of the day in his workshop attached to the house, drink at the public house, the Falcon, and visit the steam bar three times a week. 
It's the pattern of a totally eccentric. He will not break it. I cannot see what we could do to help. Mr. Holmes, if a visit by Dr. Watson to our home will anger Father, then can you not call? You're saying for your scientific approach to life. Surely you and Father could find something in common. Perhaps you might have an influence over him. I very much doubt it. If anything specific arises, I will most certainly call upon you, but like Watson at the moment, I don't see what good I can do. I'm sorry, but that's that. It must have been over a week later that I came down to breakfast to find Holmes eagerly reading the morning standard, which was propped against the toast rack. Ah, Watson, come sit down. Pour yourself some coffee. Eggs and bacon on the sideboard. Help yourself and listen to this. Inventor found killed in Turkish bath, Mr. Rex Kenyon. Well-known inventor of patent domestic appliances. Was found stabbed to death in the Reno Road Turkish bath and gymnasium late yesterday afternoon. He was heard to be quarrelling violently with another client in the steam bath earlier. The body was found by Mr. Paul Simmons and Masseur. Scotland Yard are investigating... The young man has been held for questioning. Yeah. Uh, Sounds as though Vera Kenya's young man's in trouble. Almost a duplication of the situation we witnessed from last there. Those two threatening to kill each other. Oh, we heard them say so. Yes, now it's happened. Well, I said I would help Miss Kenyon if the need arose. And as it's clearly a case of murder... Ah, that may well be the lady herself. Would you answer the door? When I opened the front door, I was surprised to see not Miss Vera Kenyon, but Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard. Of course, I invited him up straight away. It seemed he had called about the matter we'd been discussing. Holmes poured him coffee, urged him to smoke his pipe, and get down to the purpose of the visit. Oh, well, now... See from the newspaper lying amongst the breakfast things that you've read of the death of Rex Kenyon in those Turkish bars. I believe you knew him. Well, Watson knew him slightly. I only saw him once in those very steam bars. Oh, we were actually expecting his daughter when you rang the bell. She came here to ask me if I could help her with her father. He was a very hot-tempered, eccentric man who led her a terrible dance. We witnessed a very ugly scene when we saw him on the occasion that Holmes has mentioned... He quarreled violently with the young man, John Ashby. I take it that they quarreled yet again, and that Ashby is the young man you're holding for questioning. Oh, we have done that. We were forced to release him. They're well informed. Oh, not nearly as much as I should like to be. Uh, please, tell us more. Well, you're right. Kenyon and Ashby frequented those Turkish baths. They were continually meeting and always fighting. It seemed that yesterday afternoon at about four o'clock, they both arrived at the baths. And dressed in the changing room, and they entered the steam room. Rex Kenyon carried his refreshment flask as usual. They entered at different times and couldn't have been pleased to see each other. They were the only two people in this, the hottest room. It was only a matter of minutes before the masseurs waiting in the outer room heard them quarreling. You're a dirty hound! Go to the devil! You stop hounding me, following me about! Follow you! The argument continued for a few more minutes. Then John Ashby came out of the hot room and walked across to the headmaster. 
Atterbury. Oh, yes, yes, we know Atterbury. Good man at his job. And I think a sound witness. He told me in great detail all that happened next. Mr. Ashby came straight out of the hot room and into our parlour. I saw him. He was naked except for a towel around him. This he discarded when he lay face down on one of our benches and demanded a cold sponge treatment. I got to work on him straight away, hoping that the cold water would cool his temper too. He's a powerful young man. I could tell he was still very angry. Some ten minutes passed. No one came in or out of the bath during that time. I can swear to that. Then another client, stripped for the hot room, came through from the changing room and entered it. Well, seconds later, there was this dreadful scream. We all rushed forward. Rex Kenyon was lying on his back on a bench with blood still flowing from a wound over his heart. He was dead. So I closed the place up and sent for the police. Nothing was touched. No one allowed to dress or move until they arrived. That's the whole story. And no weapon was found, either in the heat room, the showers, or your massage parlor. Well, the local police made a thorough search. It's easy in a Turkish bath. The rooms are empty, save for benches and towels. There's simply no place where a weapon like a dagger or knife could be concealed. No windows to throw things out of. Everything quite sealed in. Frankly, Inspector, I don't know what to make of it, but everything I've told you is the absolute truth. So that is the position. Well, it's baffling, Holmes. There's simply no murder weapon. Yet you suspect young Ashby. Will you arrest him? Oh, we should. Clearly, he is the murderer. He threatened to kill Kenyon many times in front of witnesses. He was the only other one in that hot room. Kenyon and he were quarreling. No one else could have done it. It has to be Ashby. If he came out after the quarrel, clad only in a towel, and instead of going back into the changing rooms, where he could have got rid of the murder weapon concealed under the towel, he stayed for a naked sponge down. Was there any blood on Ashby's towel? No, it was spotlessly clean, pure white. Hmm. You see, it doesn't make sense. We know this young man is the murderer, and yet we simply can't prove it. It sounded just the sort of intricate puzzle that you so enjoy. That's why I came round here. What do you think, Holmes? Are you interested in working on the case? Well, as I promised to help Vera Kenyon, I'm more or less committed, am I not? Yes, I will give the matter my immediate attention. The first thing, of course, is a visit to the baths and an interview with the masseur, Atterbury. Yes. Might come along, Doctor? We went immediately to the Turkish baths, and Holmes had a long talk with Atterbury, who simply repeated everything he'd told Lestrade. The steam room was not working. Nothing had been touched since the baths had been closed down. We both knew our way about the place, but it was clearly... A waste of time. Then Holmes suggested taking a hansom to the Kenyon home. Lestrade knew where it was. And when we arrived, we found a cheerful Vera Kenyon and a rather belligerent John Ashby. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson, how good of you to come. I know John didn't do it. He didn't kill my father. Of course I didn't. I didn't like the old man. We hated each other and it's no use pretending we didn't. I know that the circumstances are dead against me. I can't see how he could have been murdered, and I don't know who was responsible, but it wasn't me. If my father had killed John, I could have understood it. He, he didn't want John anywhere near me or the house. Why should John want to kill father? It has been suggested that with your father out of the way, you would inherit a great deal of this estate. If you married John Ashby here, then he would automatically become a rich man. That's a lie. A flaming great lie. And if I meet up with whoever said that, I'll... John, John, please. You also have a violent, ungovernable temper. All right. All right, I admit it. But 
My temper goes as quickly as it comes. Lots of murders are committed in acts of rage. But I didn't do it. I swear I didn't. Please, Mr. Holmes, you've got to believe me. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. This killing wasn't committed on the spur of the moment. It was quite premeditated and cunningly thought out. Oh, well, perhaps you will be able to tell us what Ashby cannot. Who killed Kenyon? How did he get rid of the weapon? And what do we do now? Well, I don't know about you. Perhaps someone could arrange a pot of tea. But I should like Miss Kenyon to show me over the house, and in particular her father's workshop. That I should be most interested to see. Oh, but of course. John, would you be good enough to step into the kitchen and ask Cook to get the tea up here in half an hour? Do you wish to see the house also, Dr. Watson? If so, then please come with me. I'm sure you'll excuse me, won't you, Inspector? We left a rather bewildered Lestrade and an irritated John Ashby and were shown over the house. Holmes just glanced into the rest of the rooms, but was clearly most interested in the outbuilding. It was a large, well-equipped type of workshop, filled with benches, Bunsen burners, retorts, metal gadgets, and dozens of tools, each appropriate to the experiment being conducted according to the plans pinned above the bench. It was a fascinating place, one in which Holmes could have spent many hours, but he appeared to know just what he was looking for. He prowled around until he came upon a small desk. On the wooden frame was a small design sketched on squared paper. Ah. Yes, this is interesting, Watson. See, it's a sort of scabbard. Uh, your father did a great deal of work in metal, Miss Kenyon? He worked in all types of material. Yes, he, he welded metal into all kinds of instruments and designs. Now, I wonder what happened to this particular subject. Yes, in a drawer, perhaps. Ah... Uh. No, no, there's nothing here, although a small book. Deliveries of materials, I think. Orders for things needed. Ah, it says here, seven pounds of ice, cylinder of CO2 gas. Ah, that seems to have been ordered several times, and the last delivery on, on the day of his death. Ah, yes, now I think all is clear. Look, I'm pressed if I can follow this. Neither can I. I cannot explain the only way I can tell you what happened is to show you a practical demonstration of your father's abilities. Now, wait just one moment. I need to look around. Yes, it's clear that if something is intended not to be found, it will be deliberately thrown away, and so the dustbins and rubbish boxes. Ah, now, here, this. Now, what about this? What on earth is it? Looks like some form of metal mold. Ah, good, good. What, and that's exactly what it is. And now the gas cylinder. Uh, where do they take the empty ones to be taken away? Uh, I, I think there, by the back exit. Yes. Look, there's one by the door. Ah, yes, yes. This is, this is what we're after. Uh, do you have ice in the house, Miss Kenyon? It is very important. Yes, I think in the kitchen. Father installed his own type of gas refrigerator. Then please go and get me a bucketful and ask Mr. Ashby and Inspector Lestrade to come here at once, please. The tea can wait. Oh, very good, Mr. Holmes. Now, Watson... Help me to bring that cylinder back near to this bench, will you? This experiment? I did exactly as Holmes instructed. And by the time Vera Kenyon had returned with the ice and Ashbury and the inspector had joined us, Holmes appeared satisfied. He started on his demonstration. I don't know how familiar you are with chemistry experiments, but of course Rex Kenyon was an expert. He successfully invented a small type of vacuum flask. The Kenyon flask, which kept the liquid poured into it at exactly the same temperature, be it boiling hot or ice cold, for many hours. 
He also knew that CO2, carbon dioxide, has a very low freezing point, 80 degrees centigrade. And as it comes out of the cylinder and mixes with the air, it turns into very fine crystals. Now, now watch. Now, now observe, this is a, a metal mold. It looks like a small scabbard in which one places a vicious dagger. Now, this ice-cold material is forced into the mold, directed like this, and forced with ice to be compacted in. Now, notice that if I touch it, I shall virtually burn myself. So the reaction of the skin will be like that of a fierce flame. So, I use a block of ice which I can touch. Now, now, if that is left to assume the shape of the mold, and when solidified, taken out, what do we have? A perfect ice dagger. That is the weapon with which Rex Kenyon killed himself. It was not murder. It was suicide made to look like murder. And done so that another man's life should be forfeited. That's what this case is all about. It wasn't until we were back at Baker Street and I was mulling over all that Sherlock Holmes had demonstrated that the pieces of the jigsaw began to fit together. Kenyon used to turn up at the Turkish bath with a vacuum flask. It was the only other article than the towels that went into the hot steam room. I've often said, Watson, that when all the other possibles have been ruled out, what is left must be the answer. In this case, the only object that could be used as a weapon was the flask. Now, obviously, one could not stab a man to death with that, but with something concealed in the flask? Yes. When Kenny was found dead with his chest wound still bleeding, the flask was on the floor. It was quite empty. So? So the contents of the flask... The ice dagger with which he delivered the fatal blow sank into his flesh. He collapsed, and within minutes, the intense heat of the room melted the ice. The murder weapon disappeared. And he died hoping that Ashby would be convicted of murder. But why, Holmes? I mean, why did he kill himself? I think as a medical man, you can guess, Watson. You remarked that he looked desperately ill. I believe a post-mortem will show that he was suffering from an incurable disease. That he had only a few months to live. That's why he had to work quickly. Well, let's hope the trade realizes the truth. And the truth is the only answer. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. <laughs> 